The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory be to God. I want to continue our teaching series, really wrap it up today um, that we, we, we started or we were, we were um, doing before the movement conference. Um, we're talking about total life transformation. And, you know, it's interesting. That was one of the m- most powerful messages we got during the conference. Um, the final session with Reverend George, he was talking about makeover. Um, total life transformation. Whoever you are, um, wherever you are, whatever you have done, whatever you've experienced, good or bad, your life can still change for the better. And we are, we've looked at two major streams of God that can help us experience transformation in any area of our life and in any phase of, of our lives. Last month, we talked about wisdom, on how we can walk in the wisdom that God has made available for the new creation. And this month, we've been talking about faith, and we've themed or titled these teachings, Faith for Taking Possession. Many amazing prophecies are coming to us in this season about laying hold on what God has, has prepared for us. It's a time for, it's our time as a takeover generation. And this is the time for us to possess our possession. And the angle we've been taking this teaching is, um, putting value on the place of understanding where our faith work is concerned. Many people, um, appreciate the place of confession when it comes to faith. Many people appreciate the, 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 the place of prayer when it comes to faith. Many people appreciate the place of passion and attitude when it comes to faith. And all those things are important. The spirit of faith is important. The confession or the word of faith is important. The prayer of faith is important. But the understanding of faith is also important. And that's what we've been looking at. And I want to ask, um, start by asking you this question this morning. Um, how well are you understanding the things you are hearing and the things you are seeing? Those amazing messages and prophecies that came to us before the movement conference and during the movement conference, um, do you understand these things you are hearing and saying? How well are you grasping them with your understanding? Because that will make all the difference whether your faith will produce with them or not. Acts chapter 8, we'll start with that text this morning. We read this story about when the Holy Ghost led Philip to travel on the way to Gaza to meet the Ethiopian eunuch who had come to Jerusalem to worship. You can pick up the reading from verse 26, I believe. He had come to worship and was on his way back. And the Bible said he was reading in the prophet Isaiah. And when Philip approached his chariots, um, of all the questions Philip could ask him, Look at what he said in verse 30. I mean, he could have asked many things, but listen to what he said. So Philip ran to him, Acts 8, verse 30, and had him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? He could have said, are you praying about what you are reading? He could have said, are you confessing what you are reading? He could have said, are you fasting about what you are reading? And I'm not saying prayer is not important or fasting is not important, but I want you to see the value of understanding. Do you understand what you are reading? And if you continue with the story, God, this man, um, God had made a provision of water baptism available to us. Holy Ghost baptism available to us. But 
as Peter, I mean, as Philip got into his chariot with him and began to teach him, and his understanding opened up. The Bible said, he now said, hey, look at water. What stops me from being baptized? And because his understanding was enlightened through the teaching of Philip, he was able to take possession of that amazing promise of water baptism that was available to him. If he didn't have that understanding, he wouldn't have taken possession of that. And that's what we are dealing with here. When we are hearing prophecies and promises from God, and we don't do the needful, we're engaging with our faith through our understanding and lighting, we may not be able to possess what's available to us. As a pastor, I see many people struggling with both water baptism and Holy Ghost baptism. And many times it's because their understanding hasn't come alive yet. Go with me to 1 Timothy. I want to take some time to just drill down on this this morning. The vital role of understanding in our faith work. And here in 1 Timothy chapter 1 from verse 18, Apostle Paul was admonishing Timothy about fighting the good fight of faith. Verse 18, this charge I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience. Please watch this very carefully. Which some have rejected concerning the faith and have suffered, suffered shipwreck. There are some things about our faith work we need to know. Number one, look at two things Apostle Paul pointed out here. The prophecies and the promises that have been declared over you, they just won't happen. You have to wage a warfare with them. Somebody needs to understand that. That's not really part of what I'm focusing on in my teaching, but I'm just mentioning that by the way. You must understand that about faith. Prophecies will not fulfill themselves. When they declare over you, you are rising to the top. You are taking possession of your mountain. It will not just come to pass on its own. You wage a warfare with them. And then he mentioned another thing here. Having faith and a good conscience. Conscience is what all of us have. It is the voice of our spirit. Through which the Holy Ghost ministers to us. And we need to understand. We need to lean to that voice and heed that voice. And adhere to that voice so that our faith can produce. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Apostle Paul went to talk about two specific people. I want us to learn some things about them. Verse 20, of whom are Emmanuel's, you see, he said some people did not pay attention to their conscience and they suffered the shipwreck with their faith. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. Your faith will not suffer shipwreck. Your faith will produce for you in the name of Jesus. He went on verse 20, of whom are Emmanuel's and Alexander. Watch what he said here, whom I have delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. That's serious. Very harsh words. These were church, Paul's church members. He said, I've given them up to Satan so that they can learn not to blaspheme. And when you read the epistles of Timothy further, Paul went on to tell us, at least give us a little more detail what these two men did, Himaneus and Alexander. Please, let's learn something powerful this morning. Second Timothy chapter 4, he told us what Alexander did. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Now, it's very unlikely that there are two different Alexanders that hurt Paul. So, I'm um, assuming, and I believe it's a safe assumption, that it's the same Alexander in 1 Timothy 1 that he's talking about in 1 Timothy 2. This time he told us his trade. He's a coppersmith. He did much harm. And you know, there are people like that in church that do the brethren harm. 
whether it's financial harm, which is my suspicion here, or emotional harm. He went on, may the Lord repay him according to his works. Ain't that serious? Why would Apostle Paul, the apostle of grace, the apostle of love, say something like that over someone? It's a big lesson. Verse 15, please watch this way I'm going. You must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. You see, he told us in chapter 1, um, they neglected their good conscience. And it led to their faith, suffering shipwreck. And he's telling us a, a little more detail what Alexander did. See, as a pastor, I'm always very weary when I see people that reject my words. When I teach and people just turn their back to what I'm teaching. And let me tell you, as a believer, watch out for such people. It's those kind of people that will do much harm. Pastor says pray, they will not pray. We are fasting this week. Pastor says we are fasting and waiting on God. They will not. He has resisted, greatly resisted our words. said, watch out for him. People like that, and when people go on that kind of path, and all this has to do with a lack of understanding of how faith works. They may be praying fire, fire prayer, but they don't understand the place of having a good conscience. Look at what he said about Himaneus. I'm going somewhere this morning. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 14. Let me read from verse 16 because of time. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. Himaneus and Philetus, so there's a third guy in their group that he mentioned here, are of this sort, who are straying, who are strayed concerning the truth saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of many. We see this spirit of Emmanuel a lot on social media today. People that just say all kinds of things. Many things that they don't really understand. And Paul said, look at what these guys were saying here. They were saying that ah, the resurrection has already passed. Jesus has already returned. And he was saying that because of all this rubbish they were saying, they have overthrown the faith of many people. No faith, no good conscience. You see, these people thrive in the church and among and pray on believers when our understanding is not rooted in the word. And that's what Paul was dealing with here. Look at verse 14 of that second Timothy chapter 2. Remind them of these things. And that's what I'm doing this morning. Remind them of these things. Charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit. Arguing about things you read somewhere online that is not in line with what your pastor is teaching you. Charging them not to strive about what's no profit to the ruin of their hearers. And this is the point. Be diligent. This is what he told Timothy to do. If it's good for Timothy, it's good for you, it's good for me. Be diligent. The KJV says study. Study to show yourself, to present yourself approved to God. A good worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. That's the crux of the matter. You, you've got to develop a very good understanding of the word of God so that you can rightly divide it, interpret it appropriately. When they tell you it's a takeover generation, you must be able to rightly divide that word. When they tell you it's a time to rise to the top of, of the mountain, you must be able to rightly divide the word of truth. That's how understanding works. And it's a major game changer where the, your faith is concerned, particularly when it comes to possessing your possessions. So I, I pray for you again this morning and in this season of your life, 
your understanding will open up where the word of God is concerned. And it will boost your faith and bring you to that point where you'll be able to take possession of that which God has ordained for you to take possession of in this season. Glory be to God. So let me quickly recap. There are about four major things I want us to understand that the Spirit of God impressed on my heart to remind our people of and to tell them you need to understand these things. We started talking about them a few weeks back. The first one, the first understanding I want you to grasp as you build this faith that can possess your possessions. We're talking about faith for possessing your possessions. And without that, I tell you, total life transformation will just be something your pastor is talking about. That will not be your story. The first understanding you must have is that unseen things create or change the same things. That we started with that one. So I want to remind you again this morning, pay attention to the unseen building blocks of your life. Pay attention. It's unseen, but it's the major building block of your life. Primarily, the word of God. That's the first one. But we went on to tell you other words also matter. Your words matter. The words of the devil matter. The nonsense you read on the news or on the internet, things that are contrary to God's word, they matter. Pay attention to the unseen things. The unseen building blocks of your life. And you should know that words don't work alone. Words will inform your thoughts. Your thoughts will inform your decisions and your choices. Ultimately, these things will inform your character. These are unseen building blocks. Your thoughts, your decisions, your choices, your character. Those things are framing and building your life more than the money you have in your bank account. More than your job or your business. Or the money you don't have in your bank account. Or the job you don't have. The word of God and your words and the thoughts, they are framing your life much more than the, the same things. The unseen things create and change same things. You need to understand that. Understanding number two. Transformation or change happens on three dimensions. Some things will happen instantly. For example, the moment you got born again, change happened instantly. Some things will happen over a process of time. It will take six months. It may take one year. It will take two years. It will not happen instantly. Don't make a shipwreck of your faith. It is not going to happen instantly. It will take a process of time. And then some things will happen in the future. Look at us, Kingsford. We are marking 30 years now. Some things didn't happen 20 years ago. Some things didn't happen 10 years ago. There is no faith Dr. Kick will have mustered that will have made it happen. They are reserved for when you reach the 30-year milestone. I mean, I, I caught something during the conference. I had never had that before in all my years in this ministry. When Reverend George was preaching. I've always talked about the faith of my, uh, my father, Dr. K, and our father's father. So I knew about the faith of Reverend George. I knew about the faith of Reverend Victor that is available to us. The grace on their life, the oil on their life. In one session when Reverend George was ministering, he now mentioned the faith or the grace or the oil of Archbishop Idaosa. That's the first time that I am hearing or conscious of the fact that that grace is also available. Could it be that God reserved it for us for this 30-year journey, that you step into this phase, that's when it will come. Some things are always reserved for the future. They are not for now. Some things will happen for now. Praise God. So some things are for the here and now, some things are for eternity, for the world to come. You are not going to get a glorified body on the face of this earth. You can confess all the confession you want, pray all the prayer you want. God give me the body Jesus had when he rose from the dead, so I can walk through walls. It will not happen. 
it will only lead to a shipwreck of faith. Why? It's reserved for eternity. Glory be to God. In the same vein, some things that have not happened before, they can now happen because now is the time. So maybe it didn't happen last year. Maybe it didn't happen five years before. But it can happen now. You need that understanding. Like the sons of Issachar that understood the time so they knew what Israel would do. Praise God. And this was the one we left off with before we went for the movement conference. The third understanding I believe you should have. First and foremost, take possession of your spiritual possessions. And I'm talking about the promises and the prophecies of God. You want to buy land or you want to be a landlord. It's not the money to buy the land you should start your journey with. So that you don't have the money should not bother you. Take possession of the promise that God gave you. That this land belongs to you. Like Abraham did. We talked about that, I believe, two Sundays ago. Praise God. Understand certain things. It will help your faith to work better. Let me drill a bit down again this morning about the place of understanding. Isaiah chapter 6 we read the story of when God called Isaiah into ministry. And you know, a number of these accounts are inside the Bible. When God called Abraham, certain things were told him. When God called Isaiah, certain things were told him. When God called our father, Dr. K, certain things were told him. I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. I hope you caught it. When God calls a man, it is not only that man God is calling. And that word or those words that God spoke to him, they are not only for that man. That man just becomes a forerunner for the other people that God has ordained to walk in that calling with him to follow. So when God called Isaiah, Isaiah is one of those people that had a transgenerational calling. This is thousands of years after we are still being impacted by his ministry. So I want you to pay attention to something specific that God told him. Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 9. And God said to him, go, tell these people. We are talking about understanding of faith here. Please pay attention. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people dull, and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and return and be healed. Amazing. And the long and short of what God was telling him is that until people begin to see with their eyes, and he wasn't talking about the physical eyes, and hear with their ears, and he wasn't talking about the physical ears, and um, um, and this is what I was talking about, understand with their hearts. The, the inner eyes, the inner ears, and the inner heart. He wasn't talking about the physical heart. When understanding comes alive, when you can see like you ought to see, hear like you ought to hear, and understand is in your heart, that's when you can turn. You can be changed. And that's when you experience healing. But you see, the people in those days, God was rebuking them actually. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, you are not hearing. I'm showing you, I'm showing you, I'm showing you, you are not seeing. I'm speaking and speaking and preaching and preaching and teaching and teaching and prophesying and prophesying. You are not understanding. You will not see healing. That, that was the, the, the kind of word that God gave Isaiah when he, when he um, commissioned him into ministry. Now, that prophecy is so important because when Jesus was preaching, now in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 13. Please follow me closely this morning. Jesus was teaching about the parable of the sower. 
And you remember what Jesus said about the parable of the sower? He said, if you don't understand the parable of the sower, you can never understand any other parable of the kingdom of God. And, and in verse 13, or let me read from verse 11, they came to ask Jesus, why are you always speaking in parables? He told them about the parable of the sower. Look at the response of Jesus, verse 11. He answered and said to them, Matthew 13, 11, because it is given to you to know the mysteries, hallelujah, of the kingdom of heaven. I want someone to declare that over their life this morning. It has been given to me to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That's how faith works. When a revelation of the mysteries of heaven come alive in us. It's given to you to know the mysteries. Hallelujah. But to them, it has not been given. For whoever has, whoever has what? An understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. A revelation of the uh, mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. To him, more will be given. And he will have abundance. This is how you possess possessions. When a revelation or an understanding of the mysteries come to your heart, you can now have abundance. Hallelujah. But whoever does not have, whoever doesn't have what? The knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom, understanding, revelation. Praise God. Whoever does not have what he has will be taken away from him. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Verse 13, very instructive. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, he quoted Isaiah's prophecy, nor do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, saying, hearing and hearing, you shall not understand, saying you will not perceive. On and on. And look at verse 19 very closely here. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, like you are hearing, in this church, in this service, in this church, in this ministry, like you heard during the movement conference, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, he may pray, but he doesn't understand. He may fast, so he may not understand. He may confess, but if he doesn't understand, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. The word was sown in his heart. The prophecy was proclaimed over his life, but he failed to understand it. And that's when Satan comes and steals what God wanted him to have. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. I'm talking to you about the place of understanding what you're hearing and seeing. So that your faith can be energized to possess your possession. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, came for the movement conference, was told about the ministry of angels, and how there will be an increased activity of the ministry of angels in their life, in this season of their life but did not take time to understand what was preached and taught. What will happen one month after, two months after, three months after? It will not be your portion, but what will happen to such a person? The devil will come and steal what was sown. And it will not look as if he didn't have any possessions. But it was just because of a lack of understanding. Acts 28, towards the latter days of Apostle Paul's life and ministry, when he came to Jerusalem and he was awaiting the trial before Caesar, the Bible said he called all the, all the Jews in, in, in Rome to himself. And he started to preach and preach. And many of them resisted what he was saying. Look at what he told them, Acts 28 from verse 24. The Bible said some were persuaded by the things which were spoken. Some disbelieved. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed. And Paul had, uh, they departed after Paul had said one word. Look at what Paul said. The Holy Ghost spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers. And then he quoted the prophecy of Isaiah to them. You will hear and hear, but you will not understand. 
You will see and see, but you will not perceive. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. For our faith to work, so that we can possess the things that God is telling us, we must allow our understanding or trust God to get our understanding to come alive. Very, very, very vital. It's so important. So I want to close this morning by giving you one more powerful thing that I believe we need to understand in this season, apart from the thing I had mentioned before. And again, I'm sharing, I mean, there are many things you need to understand. I, I read from First Timothy chapter 1 from verse 18. Paul said you must understand that for prophecy to work, you must wage warfare. I'm not really stressing that. For faith to work, you must have a good conscience. I'm not stressing that. I'm stressing these four things. Unseen things create seen things. Understand that. Number two, understand that transformation is in three phases. Instant, gradual, and in the future. Number three, understand that first and foremost, hold on to the promises and the prophecies. You don't need manifestation to start. Hebrews 11 said the patriarchs died without seeing the manifestations. But they passed on the promise to their children. And those ones passed it on to their children. And it was their children's children's children that eventually possessed the land. Hold on to the promise. Understand that. If you have nothing but you have the promise of God, you are in a good stand. If you have everything and the promise of God is not inside, you will soon lose what you have. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Number four, as I begin to close this series and this sermon this morning. And this one is in two parts. Not everyone, please hear me very carefully. Not everyone will be a Joseph or an Esther or a Daniel that makes it to the palace. And not everyone will be a David or a Solomon that makes it to the throne. We teach a lot about Esther and about Joseph and about Daniel and, Dan and David and Solomon. Please understand this. That we are using them as examples and teaching them. We are not saying everybody is going to be a Joseph or Solomon. That's not what we are saying. Not everyone is going to be the president or the governor. I mean, president for four years. If all of us have to wait, ah, my turn to be president. No, it's not for everybody. Not everyone will be the GO or the president or the pastor of the church. Praise God. Not everyone is going to be a CEO. Or the MD or the managing director or the manager. Not everyone, please understand what I'm saying, is going to be a billionaire or a millionaire. That's not what we are saying. I, I, I want you to um, take what I'm saying with this scripture in mind. Romans 4, 16. Watch this scripture very carefully. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. The promise is sure to all the seed. But when we teach about David, when we teach about Solomon, when we, teach, we are not saying everybody is going to be the king. Or we are, when we say you are rising to the top of your field, we are not saying everyone is going to be the CEO. That's not what we are saying. Have understanding. Don't be like Himaneus that is misinterpreting the truth that he had. Now this is the second part of the point. Though not everyone will be these things, however, everyone and I want to emphasize that again. Everyone, including you, can function in the anointing on the grace and the favor and the blessing and the calling of Joseph. Everyone can function in the anointing of Esther, function in the anointing of Solomon, function in the anointing of David. What made the CEO the CEO? The grace, the favor, 
the anointing that made that CEO a CEO. You may not be a CEO, but that grace can function in your life. What took David from the backside of the desert? This is what we are saying. You may not, you may never smell a soul rock for the rest of your life. But that grace that took David from the backside of desert and brought him to the throne in Asso Rock, you can function in it from wherever you are. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Someone made this statement several years ago. Don't climb on a ladder and get to the top of the building. And you found that you are climbing on the wrong building. Not everybody is supposed to be a CEO. However, the grace that makes CEOs be CEOs even if you're a market trader, that grace can work in your life. The promise is sure to all the sage. Have that understanding as you exercise your faith. Don't run another man's journey. Don't envy another man to the detriment of your destiny. Don't try to be anybody else. All you need to walk this life of faith so that you can possess your possession is to be yourself. And if it is God's will to make you a CEO, then be a CEO. Don't go and start a ministry God didn't call you to start. Because not everybody is supposed to start a ministry. But the grace that makes someone start a ministry, that grace can work for everybody. That's why the example of David is relevant to us. The example of Solomon and Esther and Daniel. That's why they are relevant. What made them who they are? The favor, the grace, the blessing, the oil. Is sure to all of us. So whatever I'm supposed to do, wherever I am, I can function like Solomon functioned on the throne, even though I'm not on his throne. Hallelujah. I hope you got that. Lift your hands and begin to bless God for understanding this morning. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Let me rightly divide the prophecies I'm hearing, the word I'm hearing. Help me not to run another man's race, not to be what you didn't call me to be. Just because the pastor is teaching about David, that means I should now start, I want to be a politician and I want to be president. That may not be your journey. But Lord, give me understanding. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray right where you are this morning. Pray. And as you pray, I want you to begin to declare the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. Unboxed church. My life is unboxed. No more restraint. No more walls of containment. Oh, I'm part of the takeover generation. I'm experiencing a global takeover in the works of my life. Right from where I am. Right from where I am. I don't have to be a CEO to do that. Bless God for the CEOs that people God has called. But in what God has called me to do. Thank you, Lord, that this prophecy is working for me. I'm a giant killer. I'm taking possession of my possessions. I'm taking possession of my mountains. I'm rising to the top in my field. Oh, I'm experiencing a makeover in every area of my life that I desire a makeover. Angels are working in my favor. Oh, Yalapaka. I'm running with my own heavenly vision. I'm an experiencing, I'm experiencing total life transformation. Total life transformation. Total life transformation. In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Shanda Gaya Labrasa. Open the eyes of my understanding. Let me grasp what you are trying to reveal to me through the words you are speaking to me, through the prophecies you are telling me that you are speaking over my life, through the teachings that are coming my way. Help me, oh God, to rightly divide the word that you are sending to me. Oh, yakata yala bereje da bo shoto pa yala baba baba. 
in the name of Jesus. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 8. I want us to pray a powerful prayer this morning. 1 Kings chapter 8, we read the story of when Solomon dedicated the temple. And if you are familiar with the story, God had promised David his father. David wanted to build a temple. God told him, no, don't build it. You've killed too many people. I don't want that legacy on this temple. Your son, after you will build the temple. And God made that promise to David. Solomon said something very profound on the day they were dedicating that temple. 1 Kings chapter 8, we read from verse 15. And Solomon said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Watch this. This is our prayer this morning. Who spoke with his mouth to my father David a generation ago. Spoke with his mouth to my father David. And with his hand, he has fulfilled it. Glory be to God. God spoke with his mouth one generation ago. And one generation after the fulfillment, they were standing in the fulfillment of what God promised. Now watch this. The difference between the word that God spoke with his mouth and the fulfillment that he brings with his hand, that gap that God spoke with his mouth and God fulfilled with his hand, the difference is what we've been teaching about, the faith that takes possession. The faith that takes possession. If you don't have the faith for taking possession, what God speaks will never be fulfilled with God's hand. That will not be your story. But if you allow God to give you understanding and help to build your faith, with the faith that takes possession, one day, like Solomon, you will stand in the fulfillment of what God promised. It may have been a generation ago. It may have been two generations ago. It may have been one year, two years, ten years, but one day. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Look at verse 24. You have kept, First Kings 8, you have kept what you promised your servant David, my father. You have both spoken it with your mouth and, glory be to God, fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. I want us to pray this morning. Father, every promise and every prophecy you have spoken, Lord, I pray right now with a faith that takes possession, that one day, like Solomon, glory be to God, I will stand in the fulfillment of what you have promised me. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray that prayer. One day, like Solomon, I will stand in the fulfillment of what you have spoken to me. And pray particularly concerning the promises and the prophecies that you have not yet seen fulfilled. That's what Solomon was doing here. You promised it to my father. But today, I am now living in the reality of it. I have taken possession of the possession you promised. Come and open your mouth and pray that this will be your testimony in this season of your life. Every promise you ought to be enjoying now. Every prophecy you ought to be walking in now. That like God did it for Solomon, what he spoke with his mouth. Hallelujah. His hand will bring it to pass in your life. Oh, What you said with your mouth, your hand has brought it to pass. What you said with your mouth, your hand has brought it to pass. I love something Solomon did. Look at verse 25 with me. And many of you listening to me today, you need to do this. Look at what he did in verse 25. Therefore, Lord God of Israel, now keep what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man 
sit before me on the throne of Israel. Only if your sons take heed to their way and they walk before me as you have walked before me. Praise God. Solomon said, you have fulfilled one promise. You told David that his son will build a temple. And I'm thanking you for that. Father, you also gave him another promise. That he will never lack a son sitting on the throne. Father, fulfill that one. Glory be to God. Powerful wisdom there. Some of you, you have seen fulfillment of God concerning your health. You've seen the fulfillment of God's promises in your marriage. Maybe your career, there's no fulfillment yet. Maybe your ministry, there's no fulfillment yet. We are talking total life transformation. Tell God, the same God that brought fulfillment where my healing and health is concerned. Bring fulfillment in these other areas of my life that have not yet seen the fulfillment of your promises. Come and begin to pray right now. That's what Solomon did here. You have fulfilled one promise and I'm thanking you for it. Lord, now fulfill the next one. Fulfill the remaining ones. Fulfill the other ones. Oh, Shandeke Tayalakaya. Thank you, Lord, for the fulfillment. The fulfillment of what you have promised. We receive it today with the faith that takes possession. Oh, hallelujah. Let's get set to take communion this morning. Get your communion elements ready. And just before we take communion, I want to pray for those that maybe you are in this service, you are not born again. You've not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God loves you, my friend. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're going through right now. But I want you to know God knows you. And he wants to save you. Pray this simple prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, I acknowledge I'm a sinner in need of salvation. I also acknowledge that Jesus came over 2,000 years ago, took my place, paid the price for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart come into my life. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior and I take possession of the salvation that you have offered me. I declare I'm born again. I'm a child of God in Jesus' mighty name. If you pray that prayer from the depth of your heart, I want you to know God heard you and God understood you. People may not understand, but God understands and an instant change has happened to you. Please let us know. Send us a text or a WhatsApp chat on this number displayed on the screen. Um, it's 0810 I'll say that again for those of you listening by audio. 0810 Let us know that you got born again. You can type new birth in your message. We'll get in touch with you. And we'll help you to walk in this life. Glory be to God. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.